Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. This episode of the Ether is brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Have you heard about the new Terra Invest Strategy Discord server Orbital Command spun up? If you're looking for a chill place to chat about different Luna stacking strategies or looking for some alpha or if you're trying to find the best UST farms or even if you just have a quick question you need answered, be sure to stop by TIS and say hi to the Orbital Command gang. Hell, I'm even in there sometimes when I'm not editing hours of CFI spaces. You can find me in that server chatting about NFTs and answering basic Terra Luna questions. The link to the server is in the show notes, and for more information, check out orbitalcommand.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch, Coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. Terra Spaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, we have part two of the two-part space Cosmonaut Bootcamp, IBC Gang, Cosmos, and IBC Basics. Let's take a listen. It's a threat. <laughs> it's a threat to the old system. A big, a big one, yes. It, it's funny because my one buddy's like, oh, well, how could that possibly be true that you could earn 20% and like have that be like that somewhat... Down. What's that? I'm going to break that down for us. Yeah, I, I, uh, he's like, oh, how can you make like 15, 20%? That's just not sustainable, yada, yada. And uh, otherwise, everybody would be doing it. And I'm like, well, I mean, I think a lot of people don't know about it, and the people that start finding out about it are in the same boat as you, where they're just like, "Oh, that's not possible." Like, let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> that was but, how yeah. I found the cosmos actually through Luna and uh, uh, through Luna and Anchor, and then I realized that they were on the SDK, and then I learned about Cosmos after that, and then everything from there. <laughs> oh hell yeah, man! See, that's what I mean. Luna's our marketing arm. Cosmos do don't discount definitely. Luna. <laughs> Oh, oh, this product is UST and it's other stable coins. And like that's it it doesn't need to sell a D app to the public that it like convince people it's important. Its product to sell is UST, which is in high demand because people don't trust Tether, people don't like USDC. DAI is basically backed by USDC in the vault, so what's the difference? And like I full disclosure, I have the moon in my name. I don't know if Terra is going to work long term. It's like a pretty new thing. And some of the math behind it is like above my head. But from all the research I can gather, I'm comfortable investing in it a bit. And like, I think it's 
it's trying something very ambitious, but it's worth like the risk reward ratio, I think, for ignoring it is just not not worth it. I don't know if that makes sense, but like it's too big of a bet not to it's a risk to not be involved with Luna with the potential effects for the future. And I don't even want to say invest because no financial advice, like maybe that's not, but like well, to date on the tech use. I, I think it's funny because like if you park your money in someone like Anchor in UST making uh, whatever, 20% APY, the, the risk is literally zero. Like you have no risk. It's a stable coin. Like, the the worst risk you have is maybe you're making fifteen or ten yeah. percent AP rather than twenty, and like, okay, then move your money into something else after. But like, well, the risk is that the whole Luna system collapses and UST loses the peg, right? And so that was that was like what I was saying, where it's not been around long enough to be so sure of that. But from everything I can tell, like it's solid enough that that shouldn't outweigh all of the benefits it provides. The tiny risk of that, you know. Yeah, well, and yeah, there, there's some guys, hardcore there's some hardcore lunatics that run their own spaces. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Sefi is one of them. Oh, uh, that, yeah, that, we need I, to I, get I, we need to get that guy in here because he, that guy his next level. going on. Big big Tico and uh, I forget what the other guy's name are. There's one that I always mix up tricky with. I think oh it's Lucky, <laughs> Lucky. Oh, <lol. laughs> yeah, there, there's like three or four guys and they run them like all i don't know how they do it they run them like all the time like it's like i think sefi's yeah. on there like two three times a day and he's hopped in a couple of like spaces i was in on like some eth stuff too but yeah that guy will break down every single way you can possibly increase your yield on us <laughs> yeah like, yeah he, it, it, and here's the thing with luna they're doing like liquid staking with luna right now like yeah. that's that's something that they're doing right now where you 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 can stake your UST, but then you can ask you get a what's called a B B a B Luna. So I think a, all right, hold on. I'm I want to go into all that, but let's actually yeah. let's let's just yeah, we're going full Luna mode. So let's let's start from the top for like yeah, anybody who's kind of new to yeah. I don't know, maybe know it in, that much. Yeah, I don't know it that much. Yeah. So like starting from the top, like the interesting Luna dynamic, like what the chain is all about. It's its own sovereign blockchain in the cosmos, like all the other ones we've talked about tonight. But its core mechanic is that at any point you can burn or destroy $1 worth of Luna and create one UST or vice versa. You can destroy that UST and recreate a dollar worth of Luna. Now I'll, I'll probably say UST throughout these examples as will you know, anyone else who chimes in, but this can be done with like other stable coins. And in fact, like trailing not so far behind UST in popularity, at least in certain metrics, is the South Korean won, which the ticker for their like wrapped Terra version is KRT. Um, and you know, that that tracks the won instead of the US dollar. So it's not tied to the US dollar necessarily. It's a mechanism that can be used for like any asset like that. And so that's that's like all it is is at its core like that's the core luna offering is that they make a bet that this function this this mechanism of swapping between stables and luna through just free market incentives of arbitrage and just the demand for an algorithmic stable coin will like maintain itself and like keep keep an incentive for ust to always be worth one dollar anywhere else in the world on another exchange 
because if it ever deviates from that price, people can, you know, let's say UST goes to 80 cents on a central exchange. You can buy a bunch of UST at 80 cents and turn it into a bunch of Luna for a dollar on the 80 cents. Like for every 80 cents, you get a dollar worth of Luna. And you just rinse and repeat until the peg stays at a dollar. And that's kind of the arbitrage idea behind Luna. And then, so then built on that, like its core platform, which like Anchor um, Mayor was just starting to get into. And I didn't mean to like cut you off, Mayor. I just wanted to give the overview before we started diving in. Um, but Anchor is like their core platform offering um, their first big one and like a central part of the ecosystem. And so the way it works is, yeah, like Mayor said, they have liquid staking. Um, and Anchor is one place you can do that. They actually have like three or four different places to liquid stake your Luna in the Terra ecosystem. So what does liquid staking mean um, for anyone wondering? Basically means when you stake an asset like Atom or Luna, um, lock it up in governance to help secure the chain, you know, delegate it to a validator. That's like no longer a liquid asset. It is locked in if you want to do anything with it. If you want to transfer it to another account or sell it, you know, you have to wait the unbonding period, like 21 days or whatever it might be. And so liquid staking is a way, uh, there's many ways to do it as illustrated by how there's, you know, different liquid staking platforms on Anchor. And it's even coming to Adam on the Cosmos Hub where you can kind of lock up your tokens in like staking and get some of those benefits while also having like a liquid version of it that you can trade around and say like, this is basically worth one Atom or one Luna, whatever example you wanna look at, um, but I can send it to you. Um, and it represents a Luna that's locked up in staking. That's like the general idea behind liquid staking. And so what Anchor lets you do is trade your Luna into B Luna which you have as a token in your wallet that you can send to whoever. And on Anchor's end, they're going to take your Luna and they're going to lock it up in staking. And so if you want to manually and directly get your normal Luna back, you have to like, or you can unbond it, un unwrap it, unliquid it on Anchor. And you will still have to wait the unbonding period. Or you can just go trade it for normal Luna because now it's a liquid asset and your only option isn't unstaking. You could go to someone and say, hey, I have this B Luna. It's worth one Luna. It's totally the same as your normal Luna. It's just that it's representative of a Luna that's locked up in Anchor right now. Like, can I have your Luna and I'll give you this B Luna? And in a perfect market, you'd say yes at like a one-to-one -one ratio or very, very close to it because it's you know a representation of the asset. And so what this allows for is Anchor's sort of core feature, the thing that brings everyone to Terra in some capacity, whether they know it or not. And that's their 20% yield offering. Um, and the way that they, hold on, I just gotta turn on a light. Um, the way that they offer this 20% yield, and huge disclaimer, like, this is, there's some complex like math going on. This could, you know, collapse one day. I don't know, but it, it's above my head. That's basically my disclaimer. But the way it works is that 
comes when you deposit UST. You can go to Anchor, and aside from its liquid staking thing, which I'll tie back in in a second, one of its other offerings is you deposit UST, kind of like a bank account, and you get paid 20% APY on that UST. And so the question is like, where's that US, where's that 20% coming from? The other side of Anchor, you have depositors, people who are putting in UST like us, or in the example us. And then on the other side, you have borrowers, people who want to borrow that UST. This is why like Anchor wants you to give it its UST at all. Its core offering is something kind of like Aave or Umi and that it's like a borrowing and lending thing. But it's very specific in like the way I'm describing here. Um, so you deposit UST because you want to yield and Anchor is okay to pay you that yield because other people want to borrow UST. The way that works is like, let's say you have 10 Luna or 100 Luna, whatever, and you don't want to sell it because you think Luna's price is going to go up, but you also don't want to lock it up into staking because you just feel like only getting like 7 to 10% APY in staking, it can fluctuate a bit. Like I think I think I could do more with like the capital here, but I don't I don't want to sell it either. So let me go to Anchor and lend it. Let me put my Luna up as collateral so that I could then, let's say you have $10,000 worth of Luna. You go to Anchor and be like, I want to take out $5,000 worth of UST, maybe to buy more Luna or to buy another asset or whatever, or maybe to deposit back into Anchor and get 20% off of it on top of your Luna going up in price, whatever you want to do. But <clears throat> um, so that's sort of the borrowing lending mechanic. People will come and put in their Luna as collateral and take out the UST that us as depositors are giving uh, Anchor for the 20% yield. And the catch comes in that Anchor doesn't allow you to put up normal Luna for, or not catch, but the mechanism. You can't put up normal Luna as your collateral. It has to be B Luna. So you take your $1,000 worth of Luna, wrap it into B Luna, deposit your $1,000 worth of B Luna as collateral into Anchor. And at this point, when you deposit it, you're forfeiting your staking rewards. You're, it's being used as collateral by the Anchor platform. And you can like take out a UST loan, like I was describing earlier. So Anchor is getting the staking rewards for those Luna locked up in its depositing thing. And it has, this actually might have changed roughly. I don't keep up with Luna like super closely because there's so much in the cosmos, but it had like a 60% LTV ratio, which basically means if you put in $1,000 worth of Luna, the most UST you could take out would be $600. And in fact, you wouldn't even want to do that because you'd be like right up against the threshold. Um, so the idea is that for any amount of UST being borrowed at any given time, there's like much more than that Luna in the system. That was an unelegant way to put that. But, you know, if there's a thousand dollars worth of UST being borrowed by someone, you can be assured that there's at least $1,700 worth of Luna locked up in the Anchor platform. And that's all generating staking rewards, which is being paid back to the UST people. 
And so staking rewards, you might be thinking are only like what, 10 to 15% on a good day. Like, I, I don't know if they've gotten to 15% actually, but like, let's say around 10. Um, that's not 20%, right? So you first get a bump in the fact that there's like, I, I keep hesitating to use the word double. It would be so much easier for this example, but for any UST being like utilized in lending and borrowing, there's almost double that much Luna generating yield. On top of that, the people borrowing UST off their Terra are paying a fee, like just the same way you would pay a fee at a bank if you took out a loan, interest on your loan. And so there's a really complicated algorithm going on behind the scene that's trying to take these three different factors, the or these two input factors, sort of, um, the uh, amount of interest that UST borrowers are paying on their borrowed loan, and then also the amount of money that the deposited B Luna is generating through staking. And something else that's interesting to note about uh, Luna, actually, or important to note in this situation, is by staking Luna, you don't only earn Luna, um, you also earn a percentage of all like stable coin transactions that go on on the network, as well as a bunch of other coins. It's like a continuous airdrop, where as long as you're staking Luna, you keep getting some mirror, some ANC protocol, some all these different coins. So the staking is actually like a bit higher than any percentage you would see when you just look up Luna staking, like the raw percentage income. And so Anchor Protocol is getting all of this. And that combined with uh, the fee that borrowers of UST are paying is all like algorithmically balanced in the background to attempt to maintain a 20% depositor yield for anyone that's putting UST in. Now that was a super long-winded explanation, but it's a super complex process. And I, it could almost be used as a pitch point that everybody should go follow Alice Finance, A-L-I-C-E. Because what they're doing is they're trying to be a bank that offers its depositors that 20% yield. And you don't have to understand a lick of what I just said, and you can get that benefit. But that being said, Alice Finance, I'll say it again, super cool, kind of goes to what you were saying earlier, Degenerate, about just like, or a couple people have touched on about like, how can these old world institutions keep up? Um, it's like, well, they're just gonna be replaced by like a bank that's using Anchor and being FDIC insured on top. So that's Alice Finance, but not sponsored or anything, just psyched. So now like, that was a fucking rant, I feel like. But any like questions or things we want to dive into like more specifically or any lunatics in here who need to come up here and be like, actually, that's not quite right. Because that's very possible. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, man, like that Sefi guy just like he, he, he just is, I, I think, just 100 percent. I think that's all he trades is just Luna and UST, man. He'll, he'll do a one hour spiel and be like, all right, we're going to go from the uh, like safest way to trade UST to like the most risky and he'll be like washing it through collateralized and then trying to like uh, arbitrage like the B Luna with regular Luna and like, oh man, you should hop in on one of those one time, man. It, it, it's hilarious. Oh, I do. I love Sefi. Yeah. I just DM lucky and told him, Hey, we're talking, we're talking Tara over here. 
<laughs> there, Ooh, I have a question. Uh, when you lock up your uh, UST inside Anchor, you get like a, a, a UST, right? Can you actually use that AUST to then like buy other Luna? Is that how it works? Because I never really yes. go past that. So, <laughs> so DGen touching on all these crazy strategies like Sefi does. One that I actually employ that's like a good example is let's say you lock up, and we'll use round numbers again, $1,000 uh, worth of Luna. Oh, no, sorry. You, you mean like if you deposit uh, UST for the 20% and you get a UST? Well, I want both, so. <laughs> yeah, both okay, things. so for your example, like when you're only the holder of a UST gets the interest. Um, so there are things, what can you do? Oh, so you can't actually sell, like use the AUST for anything or else you wouldn't actually what? get the No, you can't, for example. You can lend it in a UST, AUST liquidity pool and get like swap fees and incentives on top of the, like that's one thing you could do. Gotcha. But as long as you're still in control of the AUST, you're getting the, yeah, if you send it to someone else or like uh, trade it for something, yeah, just because your initial deposit is in Anchor, you're no longer getting the, the rewards. What's up, DGen? So I was talking earlier, uh, actually, actually, I think this was with like Tico and uh, Lucky and all of those guys and Sefi. I was talking to them about uh, like staking and stuff like that, how it works and um, and basically how either if, if a token has a max supply, then you will no longer be able to get staking rewards. Um, but like I'm assuming Luna doesn't have a capped supply so they can just kind of stake infinitely. Luna does have a cap supply, I'm pretty sure. So then I'm wondering what happened. Uh, oh, no, Tricky? Ahead. Well, because you can mint and burn it, there is no set supply. Like, um, yeah, there's no set limit or set minimum, set maximum. It just depends on the arbitrage and how much Luna is demanded at the moment, how much UST is demanded at the moment. So that... Okay, because because my question was basically, like, if they can just infinitely stake it or if they, like, have a set like cap supply um, so i think it is like it's not infinite as far as emissions which is what we technically think of as like uh capped supply like you know when you're getting an atom staking reward it's new atom coming into existence i think that like at some point uh way down the road that stops being a thing the same way it does for bitcoin and all these other chains for luna but the yeah. actual supply no yeah can i enter interject yeah yeah definitely i'm pretty familiar with the terra ecosystem um the the um the rewards come from transaction fees on the network and it's paid out in in luna and a bunch of different stable coins so there's you know i don't know i think there's 17 or 18 uh uh dApps now on luna and then probably upwards of 50 or 60 nft nfts um so that's where the uh, that's where the rewards are coming from is is just transaction fees. So there is no emissions uh, like a like an atom or or an avalanche or something like that. And then going yeah. back to the other yeah. person, uh, the AUST. Uh, there's a couple things you can do. You can put it on Kujira, which is um, 
it's uh, it basically um oh, how do i put this it, it it bids on liquidations so it you're earning the 19.5 percent uh apy on the ust and it's also sitting in there waiting for a liquidation so you could set it i've set it to two or three or four percent and um the liquidations happen on anchor when uh their uh tvl uh get people's tvl gets too high then it's an automatic uh bid using your aust so you're uh you're gaining uh more ust and then when we hit a market correction and luna goes down then it also um it'll buy you luna depending on uh where you set it so that's pretty cool and then, then on loop finance you can also lp aust with i think ust yeah and uh, yeah that's and that's pretty cool uh so it's you're earning 20 percent, and then on top of that you're earning um uh, emissions in loop uh so there's a couple of things you can do with with aust um yeah, yeah. And we can we can talk about Kajira more if people are interested. Just um, hop up here and ask for it or anything like that. But JK, what's up? Hey, good. I don't know if you can hear me all right. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm a. I've come across to Cosmos from uh, Luna, so kind of I'm happy to share a little bit of my information. Um, so uh, another cool thing you can do with AUST, just throw it in here because um, yeah, the Terra ecosystem uh, is pretty awesome for everything um, finance at the moment. So uh, the mirror protocol is, um, it's uh, similar to, I guess, the, the Comdex, uh, which is coming to Cosmos. So you can buy- um, Oh, you're mirrored... gonna take my strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've been doing this on the uh, Terra ecosystem for a little bit. Um, you can uh, use your AUST as collateral to, to mint um, uh, mirrored, uh, assets, so you can you can buy stocks through Mirror. So you can buy US uh, based stocks through Mirror. So for instance, you can uh, use your AUST's collateral and buy uh, Tes Tesla stock, where you, you short the Tesla stock. Um, and so you're kind of getting your your UST to to work for you um, in UST to work for you a few times over because it's um it's generating you your twenty percent through Anchor. And then it's also being provided as collateral. And as long as there's not too high price fluctuations within the uh, mirrored um, the mirrored asset, you can uh, be fairly safe. It's a bit of a degenerate strategy. Um, and uh, there, there's a lot of guys who, who have uh, some interesting videos that go into how you can get a delta delta neutral strategy uh, through this, uh, where you can provide your minted asset um, and provide it in a pool um, and buy back the same minted asset. Um, anyway, it, it, it's, a, it's a deep dive if you get into the, the mirror protocol, but it's um, yeah, really powerful. I, I'll be interested to see once um, the Cosmos, the IBC gets a little bit more powerful and people from Cosmos can interact directly with mirror without having to go through all the jumps um, across to Terra and and getting it all minted through there because um, it's really powerful and allows people uh, outside jurisdiction um to 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 buy and sell uh us us stocks which is yeah pretty powerful and and all of it can be done yeah with the AUSD collateral so um there's many ways to make your money work in the in the terror ecosystem highly recommend people to to spend a lot of time in there because yeah it's a, a lot of opportunities
So keeping with the mirror protocol theme, let's talk about the other side of Anchor, sort of. So you could put in your UST and get AUST, um, or you could put in Luna and take out like, or B Luna, take out a loan of UST. Um, and one thing like I do with that is I'll take that UST over to uh, mirror protocol and I'll buy something that I consider pretty low volatility, like gold or silver. And then I'll use that to acquire, or I'll, I'll sorry, I'll put the UST as collateral to mint synthetic gold or silver, sell that for Luna, put that back into Anchor, get more UST, repeat a couple times. And so with, you know, like $1,000 worth of actual Luna to put into Anchor, you could get up to, you know, so it depends on your risk tolerance, but let's say like $1,300 worth of Luna exposure just by like using the kind of lend and borrowing feature to acquire more. And there's like a lot of ways you could do that. Um, you could just, yeah, Luna's crazy. I don't even know what I was about to say actually, because I had like three different thoughts. There's like so many different ways you can uh, kind of wrap your money into different apps and like take advantage of multiple ones at the same time, if that makes sense, and do these sort of cross things like like with Kajira. Kajira's its own app, but it's built to be like a addition to Anchor Protocol. It's meant to be its like liquidation engine sort of Anchor Protocol designed it so anyone like there'll be other Kajira apps competitors in future that you could use to try and bid on Anchor liquidations. Um, and like the mix of Anchor, Kajira, and you know the AUST lending and stuff, it's just kind of out of the scope of like the, this intro thing I wanted to do. I would, as everybody here has been saying, follow Cephi and some other big lunatics. Cephi is C-E-P-H-I. Um, honestly, maybe even give Rip Rip Thick Hat Non here a follow. Like, there's some people in the Luna ecosystem that definitely know more than me. It's like I try and keep an eye on everything in the cosmos, and that prevents me from going like too deep on any one thing, what with having a day job and all. So I'm not a Luna expert, just a Luna proponent, you know? Um, and I guess, uh, yeah, I have another cool Luna platform I'll talk about, but do you want to hop in real quick, IP? Yeah, I was just going to offer another platform um, as well that just, just launched uh, – it was yesterday called White Whale. Oh, that's, dude, that's crazy. We're on the same wavelength. Dude, take it away. Oh, sweet. Hey, it's, it, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you talk about it. Uh, do you wanna? Do you wanna go for it? Like, okay, I'll yeah. try. So wait, wait before I wait before you start. Okay, can yeah. you just spell out Kujera or pin it yeah. somewhere? I just can't. Sorry. K U G K U J I R A. Oh, I was doing a G. Okay. K U J I R A. Um, and you might also see the name Orca associated with it. That'd be that. Gotcha, what looking you. for. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. People feel free to like pop in like that. Like if we're about to move on from a topic you have a question about and you're like, oh, I'm not going to want to ask in 10 minutes when there's another opening, like hop in. But back to UIP. Yeah. White Whale. Awesome. Like I, I found yeah. out flash loans exist in the cosmos. <laughs> Those are flash loans? Yeah, yeah. The way their UST vault works is 
Oh, I didn't know that was a flashlight. I thought it was arbitrage. Okay, it's okay. So maybe I'll, I'll will take this one, I guess. So it's it's both. It's arbitrage through flash loans. So what white whale is is it's another place you could put your UST, and it's gonna do two things for you. One, like I was just talking about with all these platforms cooperating, it's gonna take your UST and put it on anchor. So you're getting a twenty percent yield, like so long as anchor, you're getting whatever anchor is offering minimum. But then also it's going to keep an eye out automatically as like a bot for any kind of arbitrage opportunities across the whole Terra blockchain ecosystem. Anything that's happening on a platform within Terra that's all running on the same chain with the same blocks. And if it finds that it's profitable to do an arbitrage transaction in like at any given instant, it executes a flash loan and does that. And so I can break down what a lot of those words mean. Um, a flash loan is the idea that so long as um, a contract or the loan happens on one blockchain and happens within one block, so like the start of the smart contract and the end all happens within one block, you can like do, do a bunch of things in one block transaction if you chain together transaction. So like it started on Ethereum where you could borrow a bunch of money that you didn't have so long as you could also pay it back in the same block. So let's say you would borrow uh, $1,000 worth of UST um, or let's use like an Ethereum example because that's just what works in my head the best and that's where I like used to do flash loans. You would take like $1,000 worth of USDT buy, uh, let's say Brave, I had it work with once, Brave token bat on SushiSwap for a certain price that's lower than its price on Uniswap. So it would take out a loan of $1,000 UST from nowhere with no collateral, no collateral behind it, um, buy this bat, sell it on Uniswap for more, come back with more than $1,000 worth of USDT, pay back the $1,000 initial loan and let me keep the profit all in the same block, in the same like transaction. And that's why you're allowed to do it with no collateral and no backing because it's all happening in one block. And if you don't end the transaction chain with paying back the loan, it just won't work and you'll lose all your fees and it'll, it'll, it'll fail. The chain won't process it. So what White Whale is doing here is it's saying, okay, your UST is sitting around. It's relatively liquid because we have AUST. Um, from Anchor, whenever we see the AUST or UST price deviate or the Terra price on one DEX deviate from the Terra, or Luna price deviate on one DEX from another, like we'll do this sort of flash loan arbitrage thing where all in one block, we'll use your funds and like extra. Um, I, don't, I don't know if they do the extra part where they pull loans out of thin air. That's kind of the dark side of flash loans. I think they just do it because if everything happens in one block, they can just assure that they get the output they calculated. They can ensure it's profitable. Um, so what White Whale is trying to offer here is 20% plus APY if you go to their vault. And that's because like in theory, maybe it's arbitrage will never succeed on an opportunity. It'll never be able to push through a transaction that uh, actually is profitable for arbitrage. And in that case, you would just get the 20% from the underlying anchor, year, anchor yield. But there's the plus there because in theory, 
you'll be getting extra along the way as it spots these arbitrage opportunities. And I really like it because it is doing this stabilization of prices at the same time as paying people this 20% yield. So like I could put it on Anchor and it's not doing too much except helping Anchor run, or I could put it on White Whale and I'm getting that 20% APY and helping prices stay consistent across the whole ecosystem, helping the stable coins stay pegged, helping UST be worth the same amount on, or Luna, any asset worth the same on one exchange as the other. Um, it's just, it's genius. It's awesome. And again, I got into kind of a passionate rant there. So if anyone wants us to go back and like break down some of the specifics there, feel free to pop in. Um, that all happens automatically though, right? You don't have to do any of that. Yeah. That just happens in the background. The white whale bot is looking out for arbitrage opportunities. So long as you have it deposited, it'll like execute them when it, when it sees them. Now that's my like understanding. I kind of dove in cause I thought it was cool, but if you have anything to add IP before I call on you, Marty, just cause again, not a Terra expert, feel free to hop in. So that was actually pretty, I'm sorry. Yeah, and then if not, take it away, Marty. No, that was actually pretty good. So, so I'm I'm a lunatic that's also a cosmonaut. So, you'll have to forgive me for my dual allegiance here. Um, We're the same thing. That's what I'm trying to say. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, agree with, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. There's no opposition. We're cousins. We're cousins. There's no opposition here. <laughs> you guys are my brothers. Um, yeah. If there's any sisters out there, I apologize. Um, so that was actually really good. So to my knowledge, within like 80, 98%, um, they're using the UST that they raised in the kind of two rounds and now you know, my UST to do those flash loans. And, you know, just for more details, that they actually have like multiple bots, right, with multiple different strategies, you know, doing these things. So it's, you know, from the Terra side of the house, you know, you know I, I put up some money, you know, because I support this, you know, whatever else I did, a whole bunch of other people. Um, I can't remember, it's like 15 million bucks to kind of maintain the peg. And it's kind of how I feel about like putting, you know, I put a bunch of money into the Juno uh, pools, limited, so the LP pools. I don't really care. <laughs> We don't make any money for Ed months. It's, you know, we do these things like you guys do, you know, to support the overall effort. But that was that was a really good uh, report there, man. Dude, thanks. I love I love trying to distill kind of complex topics into somewhat digestible explanations. But I'm always a little unsure, so appreciate it. The big uh, the big thing this week. While the the white whale participation is is great, the big the big uh, thing was um, basically fracking uh, Luna into multiple components into Y Luna and P Luna. That's been the the major point of discussion I think this this last couple of days, which is you know basically. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. No, I just I just sometimes continue for sure. Like I was just I, it's an interesting one. <laughs> I think that is the coolest tech right now in DeFi, that refracting. It really is. It's 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 brand new shit that's really Do cool. one of you want to break down P Luna and Y Luna for people? I could, but I'm even less knowledgeable on that than some other things. I just know the, the basic premise. 
Now you're doing pretty good there, brother. But let me let me, let me just say that 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 technology side, which he just said, and I totally agree. So I think the cool things, aside from the fracking, and you know, going on on the terrace side of the house, and there's cool things going on on the, you know, the the more purest, you know, IBC land terrace, kind of like this not quite pure, um, you know, place. But anyway, um, the other part I think is you know rebasing. Uh, basically tokens. I think that's like just this area where, you know, things are going to just come unglued in the most positive ways as people figure out how to use these rebased tokens, which on the Terra side of the house is AUST, Luna X, Y Luna, which is kind of your introduction, um, ST Luna. So, you know, these things that rebase. Wait, what do you mean by rebase? Exactly in terms of like AUST, because when I think of a rebate token, I think of something like Ample Force. Like maybe I'm using the word a different definition, but I think token whose supply changes like dynamically to try and achieve something. But AUST doesn't. Well, I guess it does in that. Do you just mean how Luna can be minted and destroyed, that kind of thing, or? Um, no. So how I'm using the word, and I'm, I'm not saying that your definition is incorrect either. That's why we have dictionaries that say, you know, this word means five different things, right? <laughs> yeah, no, um, for sure. <laughs> so, um, so we have UST and AUST. You know, you know, just assume that UST is perfect stable coin, you know, that keeps us pegged perfectly, right? So AUST is basically the anchor protocol applied to a US, sorry, to a single UST, so that every day the value of an AUST goes up because of the 19.7% interest rate. So, so I, I can hold a token as a CW20, right? And I can send it into my, you know, grandson's like, you know, baby account, and it's worth a dollar nineteen, and it's you know being rebased every day, you know for the next ten years based on the interest rate and anchor. So he kind of opens up his wallet, and AUST is now worth you know three dollars and seventy nine cents. Um, that exists in terms of Luna, but let's let's go to a you know more simpler case on the kind of the um, maybe the Cosmo or side of the house. So. If I think of like osmosis, which I dearly love, right? Right now the the staking reward is what eighty-nine percent or eighty-eight or eighty-seven percent. And it's kind of like if there was a if there was a a A osmosis, right? An A osmosis would be based on the staking reward being put into the osmosis every day, every hour, so that it just grows in value based on the staking reward. That's the way to think about these things. So we have a Luna X that's like that. So it's like whatever the staking rewards are for Luna, whatever the airdrops are for Luna potentially, they just get, you know, basically placed into the value of, of Luna X. So it's they're nice things to hold in your wallet because, you know, they grow in value based on essentially staking rewards. Hopefully that was helpful. 
Yeah, and did you mean like Stater's Luna X? Yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so for anyone, I don't think we have even mentioned that actually. Another liquid staking platform, like you could get B Luna from Anchor or Luna X from Stater Labs. It's like another liquid staking place. And, and you know, Sonny talks about Lido a bit. You guys are familiar with Lido, right? Yep, that's that's the one I first used. Funny enough, I didn't use Anchor because I have no idea why. Yeah, and it, that's another one. I don't know. It's it's like cross chain or not cross chain, but its tech runs on many different chains, right? Right. So I mean, Lido is basically the creator of B Luna, you know, which is you know in some sense this kind of rebasing coin. B Luna's value goes up, you know, every day based on, you know what goes on in the world. But anyway. Are we, they related to Anchor, like development teams, or does Anchor use their product, B-Luna? Wow. You know, penetrating. Sure, I don't know. Penetrating don't, the oh. TFL and Lido veil of, right. of, of relationships. I mean, you, you know, I mean, without, without people, people doing anything bad, just trying to work together. It's really hard to describe all the relationships. Yeah, true. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're related. I think that they're different. That's what I thought. Okay. I mean, they're definitely different groups, but there's definitely, you know, they have worked together. Um, in fact, right. based yeah. on the most recent work, they released this new rebasing token, which is ST Luna, which is what they call better B Luna. So that'll be interesting. Hey, that, that prism, I'd, I'd like to just talk a little bit about it. Maybe you could fill in. Um, yeah. But basically, it's they call it refracting. And what you do is you you deposit your Luna in there and, and you get uh, two coins out of it, which is a principal Luna and a yield-bearing Luna. And the, the P-Luna and Y-Luna. Yeah, P-Luna, Y-Luna. So uh, obviously the principal... Hey, you just uh -oh. have to be careful with your, you, the use of the word principle. This is this, this is where this got like very controversial, and a lot of people got wrecked. Okay, so just 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 keep going, man. But just don't use the word principle because it'll, it'll confuse when we get when we get to the deep in this. Yeah, I'm still kind of a little confused about it too. But yeah, P Luna and Y Luna uh, from and it's hard. Everyone's trying to figure out exactly the value between P Luna and Y Luna, but I think about it in terms of uh, a stock. So you have the stock value like AT&T, and then you have the dividend that you get with, with the AT&T stock. So I think of P Luna as the stock AT&T and Y Luna as the dividend, the yield that you get uh, withholding the stock. So those basically you can break those up and you could do certain things with them like LP. Uh, you could also stake your uh, Y Luna and uh, earn staking uh, rewards. And then eventually I think what you're going to be able to do is uh, borrow against your, your P Luna um, and, and borrow USC or whatever. So it's uh, I, it's new tech. And I, I read the white people a little, a little bit. And they talked about, you know, anything really that any real world asset that you can bring on the blockchain, 
you can basically refract. And they mentioned real estate in it. So I, I can imagine you, you own a house and you rent it and you maybe want to trade maybe the, the yield bearing portion of it, the rent, and keep the principal or, or the, the house value in a token as well. So it's, it's mind boggling once you start thinking about real world assets that have yield and you can break that up or refract them and then trade them or stake them. <laughs> so like, here's a crazy, just jump in real quick, kind of concept I read on a thread the other day. Some like was floating the idea. Like, let's say you were, you wanted to like try your luck swing trading Luna to increase your stack, but you weren't so confident you wanted to give up the staking rewards. You could like earn on the Y Luna while trying to swing the P Luna against like a UST pool, trying to get more of it. And then even then, I'm not sure what happens eventually, because if you want to convert back to normal Luna, wouldn't you need the same amount of Y Luna? So like, even if you earned more P Luna, how do you convert that? I guess you could just sell it, right? You don't have to convert it back. Is that the idea or? That's one of the ideas. I mean, so, so, so the reality at the moment, okay, um, is, what P Luna is, is governance. Okay. It's a vote. And Y Luna is, you know, the income, right? So the concept of principle, you know, and the reality at the moment doesn't really exist here. It turns out, you know, there's principle when you marry the two together, but it's, it's really not like a bond or a stock. It's this crazy idea that's coming down, um, you know, but now you think about, um, you know, curve, right? So what's your vote worth? So this kind of sets up the tariff system for at some point in time, the concept of bribes, if you're familiar with that, you guys are familiar with how the, the curve wars work or the curve worlds work. We've kind of touched on it. I mean, I know I am, uh, I guess for simplicity's sake, well, I guess a two minute, a two minute summary for people is Curve is the main lending protocol for stable coins on Ethereum. It's expanding to other stuff. And it has a governance token Curve that decides a lot of important things about you know the platform as a whole. Um, and it's become a very important platform. It's like a centerpiece of a lot of DeFi. And so there's been this war over the curve token and like what what it can be used for and who wants to, you know, have control over it for whatever reasons. That's my like two second pitch. I'll throw it back I, to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so you know, if you looked at the DeFi llama right now, I think Anchor is number eight and growing, right? And I think Lido is number seven and growing. And most of the things that are above it, kind of in DeFi space from a TVL perspective are declining, okay? And so some of these IBC accessible protocols on Terra, I would say, you know, same with, you know, Osmosis and Juno at some point in time, they are growing in importance. And so ultimately, you know, the voting for like on the osmosis pool, what percentage of emissions goes into the 
Nita dash ion, you know, LP pool is going to be subject to, you know, increasing controversy and discussion. And we're going to get down to these votes just like they have in the curve pools. But, you know, fundamentally, this fractionalization of tokens becomes pretty interesting. So now, now consider a token that looks like this. What if the token has three pieces? Not two, but three. So piece number one is governance, right? Piece number two is a guarantee of, it's, it's called the senior piece, right? It's a guarantee of a minimum of 6% return. And piece number three is the junior piece, which is all the return that's above 11.5%, right? So that's called the junior piece. And so you can, now you can really play some games based on what you project, you know, what's going to happen and what you should hold, what you should sell, what you should short, what you should long. And that's how the bond market works. So these things can look like bond. And the problem is, is that in the way we're doing DeFi, and I'm sorry, I say it's a problem. The difference in how we're doing DeFi right now is the principal part is really, it kind of almost doesn't exist in the most steadiest fashion, you know, when we do this. You know, it's like, so I'm an engineer, and, you know, I'm an OG internet guy, you know, I was there, 82. You know, in the first packets was there for the, you know, the, the launch of the commercial internet in 1990, took the first internet company public, whatever else. So, you know, what things are at this moment, right, is one thing, and what they are five years from now is another thing. We, we talked, you talked a little bit about that. So, right now we have, it's very clear, accurate engineering speak that in, Wine Luna and P Luna, we have an income stream in one, and we have a governance thing in the other. And where principle lies, we don't really know. We know when we put them together, it lies there, <laughs> but it's kind of ephemeral right now. And it's it's cool stuff. Anyway, I'm sorry I've been talking too much, but you guys keep going. I think that's the intriguing part is nobody knows really how to value these things. So there's, uh, you know, whenever there's inefficiencies, there's opportunities, you just got to pick one side and you got 50, 50% chance that you're going to be right. You know, so you go, in, in my opinion, you go hard on one side and you hope you made the right decision. And of course, uh, you, you educate yourself as much. That's kind of how I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Luna's crazy. Patrick, what's up? Uh, I so you guys gave me a pretty good on this like a simple explanation for what to do with my UST and everything. I got a few different options to explore, and I understand. Uh, for the Luna side, can you give me like your best uh, recommendations of like a uh, not like too in depth? Like I'm not trying to go crazy, crazy, just like enough to maximize my potential in like a easier, simpler way. Not simpler, way, but yeah, just like a not too deep kind of thing. What like recommendations? Do you, so there's two questions there. 
first off, definitely not financial advice. Everyone, we'll, we'll, we'll I'll throw out like some options, but like definitely do your own research on everything and wouldn't even say recommendations, but I guess two routes is like, do you want to accrue value while like a passive income while also betting on Luna's price? Like, do you want Luna to be a core part of your strategy or do you just want to make yield in the Terra ecosystem? Yeah, make yield and I'm not like looking to borrow or any or like have too much risk kind of thing. I just want to get yeah. yeah, that's why I like I like kind of like an osmosis approach. To okay, that. cool. So some awesome options There's quite a few options. Um, simplest or just maybe not simplest, but one cool option I'd say to look at would be loop finance. Loop finance is somewhere like right now I have an 18 month stake with them where like I'd staked it can't touch it or the rewards for 18 months. But when I first went in, it was like 1200% APY or something. It's still a couple hundred percent. Um, they also have like, they're a DEX. So you'll be able to lend liquidity there and farm just like Osmosis. Um, and their loop Looper pool, which is between two of their internal tokens used for different things, Loop and Looper, pays like 400% or something right now. Um, so I'm in that one. Uh, and there's a couple, just play around on that site, I would say. Um, do your own research, obviously, but look around on Loop Finance. There's some options there that don't involve like lending and borrowing or any kind of liquidation risk if you don't want to wrap stuff up multiple times. Um, and then another one, this is one I was going to touch on anyways, because it's kind of one of my favorite, weirdly. So like I've completely sold out of ETH, right? And like pretty much bitcoin too i have some bitcoin exposure on kava but not even any like in a bitcoin wallet um but i still think eth is going to succeed right i bet a lot of us can agree like it's too big of a play it's going to adapt and change it's probably going to join ibc gang but like i kind of want some eth exposure right so there's one option within the terra ecosystem where you can get some like there's a couple options now for ETH actually, but my favorite is a liquidity pool where you know you'll be LPing 50/50. The end APY is like 200 something percent now, um, and one of the sides of the pool is Ethereum. So I do that just because I want to have some ex Ethereum exposure, but I want it in the Cosmos, and because that's the best APY around. And I really don't mind the coin it's paired with. I have good hopes for it. So. I'll break that like one down a little bit because that's kind of my strategy I refer like friends to and stuff and them too I'll even say in real life do your own research like look what you're getting into I, I, what do I know but so that starts on Nexus protocol um, which is one of the the apps on Terra and what it's what it is is a um, yield optimizer app so it takes the stuff you would do on other apps like Anchor or TerraSwap or Astroport. TerraSwap and Astroport are the two main big DEXs in the Terra ecosystem. So if I mention those. Um, so for example, in this strategy, I would go, let me like do it along while I explain it just to make sure I don't miss any steps. I would go on Nexus protocol with probably UST. Um, and I would buy their token PSI, 
which I think Nexus Protocol is super cool. I've done research on the team and stuff. So like I, I like the PSI token as is. So I would buy like all PSI there just because their direct swap is only to PSI. Then I would also swap half of that PSI to NETH. Um, NETH is one of these things we've been talking about as like N Luna to like B Luna, all this stuff where you can get it by wrapping up Luna elsewhere in the ecosystem or ETH in this case, you can wrap up ETH. But like, I'm assuming you don't have ETH. Not many people who are new to Luna is gonna have bridged ETH. So you're just gonna be going in with like UST from Osmosis or something. Um, or, or however you might get into Terra. Um, and I would then, so I would have like a 50% NETH and 50% PSI on Nexus Protocol. And normally what you would do is then you would go to the farm section of Nexus and like on, you know, any decks that we're used to or yield optimize or whatever, you would deposit those coins as liquidity and start earning rewards that you can claim. But I then go to a second website called Spectrum Finance, terra.spec.finance. And it's, it's another yield optimizer. This is why Terra is funny, because it's a yield optimizer to optimize other yield optimizers like Nexus. So it does like auto compounding is one of the things that Spectrum will do. So at this point in my account, I have like 50% NETH that I got on Spectrum's, I mean, um, sorry, I have 50% NETH that I got on Nexus Protocol's swap section, their DEX, and 50% PSI. Nexus's uh, own token that I also got on their swap section. Then I go to Spectrum Protocol and I look for the NETH PSI vault. And you'll see when you like see that vault that there's two like tags for it. One, it'll say the farm is Nexus. So it's showing you like the farm that it's optimizing is on Nexus. But then there's also a little icon next to the name, which is the Astroport icon. And it has that because remember, Nexus is also a yield optimizer for, in this case, Astroport. So Astroport is a massive DEX. There's a liquidity pool on Astroport for uh, NETH and PSI. And this is kind of the top of the chain. So then here on Spectrum Finance, I would go to that NETH PSI pool, deposit um, my liquidity, and they have this really cool feature, which I hope comes to like osmosis, especially with super fluid staking and a couple other places in the ecosystem where you can decide uh, the rewards that you get every day or every block or however often they pay out that it's auto compounding for you. You can say, all right, do I want that all to auto compound back into the liquidity pool to buy me more ETH or PSI? Or do I want, since the rewards are paid out in this PSI token, um, Spectrum is optimizing the rewards that Nexus is giving us. Do I want to put that PSI like into governance automatically as part of my auto compounding script for PSI? And it has its own staking rewards. Or a combination of the two. It has this awesome like mixed section where you get a slider from zero to 100% where you could say, you know, I want to do 80% compounding back into the liquidity pool, 20% go into Nexus government governance. Um, and that's just like such a cool feature, the ability to split up an auto compounding yield. Um, I hope we see that on more platforms. So I know that that long spiel, I mean, it was an endorsement. I like this strategy, but not necessarily recommending it. Who knows? Not financial advice. 
but it's like a 250% APY on a liquidity pool that's half Ethereum and half a coin that I think has bottomed and is a good coin regardless. So that's just like a cool example of like Luna's not involved there, right? Like, and even PSI is fairly tied to Luna because it's a coin in the Luna ecosystem, but like it definitely moves on its own. So this is just, this is where Luna's starting to look like Ethereum, right? Where there's, it's not all just Luna focused stuff. Like it's, I, I'm not, yeah. This goes back to my initial question I asked you, Patrick, of like, do you want to just look for good yield in general or like keep Luna exposure? And I, I there's a million. I loved your answer, just so you know. I followed the whole thing though, yeah. Cool. I was trying, I was like, all right, just in case he's doing I'll, I'll go it slowly. Um, yeah, and I would just play around on those sites. Luna has a couple launch pad sites. Um, Star Terra Citizen. Um, Gosh, there's a couple. I should have I should have like gotten a little list for this since I knew I was gonna talk about Luna, but like I guess long story short, like Luna is the most fleshed out ecosystem in the cosmos so far, for sure. Um primarily because it's one of the only one like I would say secret is the second. Secret secret is the second most fleshed out. Um, at least in terms of like uh layer one platforms like something like osmosis you could argue like we're not waiting for all these other apps to be built on osmosis that's not the point but something like juno is still like pretty new um secret has you know a budding ecosystem but like only two dexes like one nft marketplace luna has like three or four nft marketplaces i think probably more i don't know um so like there's so much to explore and play around with. I didn't like plan uh, stuff to talk about beyond like Anchor Protocol and Mirror because those are the two core ones. And then um, Loop Finance, I guess I knew it was going to get an honorable mention. They're like just super cool. Loop Finance is, uh, I guess since I'm just kind of rambling here, anyone feel free to hop in, by the way, and ask me to clarify something or ask questions about, hell, setting up your Luna wallet, like basic stuff. Absolutely. Get in here. Um, but, uh, oh, where's I just going with that? Um, yeah, loop, uh, I mentioned one of the things on loop finance that's pretty lucrative, just raw APY wise is the loop looper pool. There's two tokens, loop and looper. Loop is this like cool platform that's half finance and half like blogging social media platform kind of, you know, in a very crypto oriented sense of course and so like the looper token is something that's used to incentivize and reward and just like as as a thing in the like social side of it and then like loops their finance token and i didn't have a specific endpoint to that just kind of yet another cool example that came to mind of how there's like a lot going on in the cosmos and what i'll usually or in luna which is just a small part of the cosmos um Luna's really good at keeping its like ecosystem page up to date on its like main website. So like I'll just sometimes go and be like, okay, I just got some more liquid capital. I want to put it on Luna today instead of secret or whatever. Like what new app might there be to play with? There's like five that are on my list to check out that are new. There's like Mars Protocol, Apollo, which has been around for a while. I haven't looked at. 
um, tech, uh, literally too many to remember. Um, but that kind of would be better served for a lunatic to go deep into. I would definitely follow some big accounts. They have spaces like at just as often as like the rest of the cosmos. Um, beyond that though, yeah, I'm just going to ramble about stuff. Uh, so like urge people to come up, ask questions, um, even just like bring us back to topics you found interesting. If anyone has insight into anything cosmos at all, doesn't even have to be Luna. Um, and then other than that, I'll just use the time to remind people like check out the pin tweets. We have some cool resources for beginners, probably not needed for a lot of you in here, which is awesome. But those are the things you should send to your friend if they're kind of getting into it. They need a little hand holding. Um, there's some videos on basic like wallet creation and staking, a PDF document and a related like Google Doc of just overview of everything Cosmos. Uh, and then also a link to the Cosmos Faces Telegram. Um, and just like so many resources, yeah, that, that need to be distributed to the right people. <laughs> um, Got to get it in the hands of new people. In fact, I'm almost, I almost want to, or I do, I'd love to open up the floor to uh, a question for you guys. Like, how can we start getting this kind of content, like a space like this or any of the stuff I've been rambling about, more to people like outside of the direct Cosmos ecosystem? Like, how do we get more ETH people to recognize what's going on or mainly other chains I'm thinking. Like how do we convert more Solana people or Ethereum? I don't think it's a matter of converting them. It's just getting them to take an interest at all. Once they do that, like, well, they'll be converted. It's just natural, but I don't know. I feel like Cosmos has a problem with uh, marketing, not even a problem, but it, it's in a unique spot with marketing. Yeah, any thoughts, Patrick? Yeah. Hit me. Yeah, so I came from in the beginning or Towards the beginning, uh, I like got into Ada because they marketed to me very well. And that was like, uh, let me look into this kind of thing. And Solana as well. Um, and for Solana, I gave up on that tour uh, when I realized a lot more about them. And I made nice on that. So that was good. I still like Solana. Uh, and I think a lot of Solana people are already kind of curious about Cosmos. So they're kind of accounted for a bit more. But I don't feel like Cardano people are accounted for more and cardano to me really like was just like a disappointment on like almost every aspect so that's what like drove me in to like go look somewhere else and then I, that's when i found luna and terra and then that got me to cosmos so like i thought that was a pretty good understanding for me to see like from one to the next to the next how easy and like user-friendly it became and then also how much more yield and just like value I got from each one pretty much. So actually so, yeah. specifically in your case, how did you stumble upon, like you said, you found Luna first in the cosmos. Like what led you there? Do you remember? Was there anyone, was it like a video on the 20% anchor offers or was it a Twitter thread that went in depth or like? Yeah, it was first the anchor. Um, uh, I think I found it on like Reddit or something like that maybe, um, which kind of got me interested. And then I got a lot of information like through, in, like got directly in like understanding Luna a little bit more and UST and that kind of really drove me like, okay, they are doing something really good. Let me look deeper into them. And once I got on their platform, that's when I like, because their platform just is so much better than uh, like your Ari wallet and Didelius just absolutely sucks to me or 
yeah i just not i don't use that for that purpose so it was the technology but also the like anchor yield to the ust stable coin yeah yeah okay cool did you have you used cardano since it's quote unquote d apps went live uh i kind of got out of cosmo uh, out of ada like a bit before that like i got in when it was like a more there was nothing there really and it was just a staking kind of protocol and then i that was what drove me of like oh you can like put your money to work but then i never really made anything off of it so i was like that kind of is sucks. it true that like a dex transaction can take hours or even days um it's so much slower than anything cosmos um but it's faster than like bitcoin and ethereum to me still yeah by the way when's the last time someone transferred some bitcoin because it's very fast now i don't know if it's just because everything's adopted segwit and stuff but it's not what i remember um but interesting thanks for that patrick yeah like i guess this is a I'm hesitant to like say too much, um, but like I'm working on a project right now that's in essence a sort of general purpose community fund um, that will be just funded by people who care about the cosmos. Um, a lot more details around it, obviously, but one of the things I've thought that that kind of thing could be used for and a motivation is for some kind of like marketing push however we agree that might make most sense and feel most organic whether that's you know like unfortunately pretty much all youtubers ch charge like to to talk about the coin but uh, about a project or like accept that but there are some that are like more actually competent in what they talk about or like who have a respectable opinion and such and like maybe we might all want to like come together and vote like okay should we pay for like a video on this new project that's launching or bigger picture no idea where the project would go do we want to pay for like a billboard or like what luna's doing eventually like why can't cosmos buy a, a sports team right like the thing with cosmos is it's we love it because there's no centralized force behind it. And when I say it, I don't mean Adam, right? I'm meaning all, all of the cosmos. Um, but it also obviously works to its downfall in some respects. Like the reason Solana and Avalanche and stuff have gained so much popularity is because they have money behind marketing. And like, I don't think shilling's a bad thing in marketing as long as it's for like a good product, right? And so it's a shame that in crypto, like one of the things that kind of seems to define a good product is like no marketing, because like you focus on the tech, like that's what matters. And, and also where's a marketing budget coming from if it's actually decentralized and nobody has a bunch of developer bags, right? Like it makes sense that Cosmos doesn't have marketing in a sense as a whole, and I like it. But I think that it's something that was probably thought about and at some point by some developers and they were like, well, that's up to the community to do, right? And yeah, I don't know, marketing and reaching out to other people, however that might be done to get the word of the cosmos out has just been very much on my mind lately. And I'm hoping I can release some more info on this little project soon, but I don't wanna, I don't wanna do anything till we're rock solid, so. 
Yeah, I like that idea a lot, actually. It's really cool. Yeah. I'll say there is a page on Twitter for it already, but good luck finding it in the mass of Twitter accounts. <laughs> um, yeah, we have we have like quite a few people popping in here. So once again, I'll be a broken record. Anybody, feel free to hop on up, ask questions, um, bring up topics. This is definitely an open room. But uh, thank you for answering my call, Mr. Duskcoin. What's going on, man? Hey, mate. Hope you're doing well. Enjoying the uh, the conversation so far. I was just thinking about the question that you put forward before about how do we onboard people who are from uh, different chains, you know, whether they're from Solana or whether they're from Ethereum. And so my mind first went to, you know, problem solving. It's like, well, what do you do? You focus on where the pain points are in those locations. And so for, you know, your people in Ethereum, it's it's the scaling solutions at the moment. Or the, sorry, rather, the congestion problems at the moment, which we know that they're working on with E2.0. Um, you know, for Solana, it might be just the decentralization issues. Um, but it's like, cool, can we have those conversations uh, like organically and at scale? And so, you know, what you're doing today, like I've already learned heaps just during this call because Cosmos is something that I don't know that much about, but I do know that I want to know more about it. And so just kind of listening in, lurking in the background, I've, I've already acquired, you know, a, a fair bit more knowledge than I had at the start of the call. And I think that Twitter spaces are honestly probably the most effective way to onboard new people at this point in time, right? Because you're having real, real conversations, uh, unedited, unadulterated, um, unscripted, long-form conversations, and you get to have access to people, you know, like Marty. Marty was on earlier. I see him in a lot of terror spaces. Um, and you get people who have, uh, you know, lots of wisdom to share. And so I think the bridge really is having outreach between yourself and um, people who are, for want of a better word, influencers on other chains and protocols. So, for example, and I'll extend this to you here, is I, I am part of a team called Orbital Command where a, um, we run a validator node on Terra. And so I do like research and relations and I host Twitter spaces. And so we have these conversations. Um, you know, I recently I was just chatting with the guys at ThorSwap. And of course, you now we've got integrations happening with them shortly. And we're able to convey messages about what's happening on the Thor chain to lunatics. And that builds up interest about Thor and, and Rune. And of course, the same thing can be done on anything that's been built on Cosmos. So I think just having these conversations and figuring out who are the people that are best to speak to, to broadcast a message. Um, and then if you're addressing those pain points that I sort of spoke about before, of course, you're going to get, you're going to get interest. That's just my two cents on that matter. Yeah, these spaces are these spaces are so awesome. Um, and it's funny, like as soon as Clubhouse blew up, the app that's kind of dedicated to this kind of thing, I was like, oh, that that's sweet. I get it. It's it's like you know, Discord but easier and connected to Twitter, which is already like most popular platform in the world. But it's its own app. Like I wasn't sure who was gonna do it, but like Clubhouse coming to be like just integrated into Twitter not like company wise, but just that the tech and the idea of these spaces, just like it's a perfect fit for, especially for the crypto community. Yeah. Correct. And considering as well, how quickly this space evolves, you know, if you're someone who's creating content the old way and you're trying to, you know, whatever video 
record beforehand and then edit and upload. By the time it's done, half the time the text already changed. And so Twitter spaces for me, I'm just like, this is, it's real time. You're capturing what's happening in the moment. Um, and that's, that's, that's gold. Like that's worth its weight in gold. Um, and so like, I like your idea about having something where people can vote on, you know, whether or not there's uh, funds dedicated to a certain marketing or guerrilla marketing or whatever it might be. But I, I often, it's like, yes, that's great. But it's like, you can't, you, you can't dismiss being able to convey messages at scale organically and the power of that. So I think more of this. Yeah, definitely. Like whatever, you know, marketing things might be helpful in that, right. It'd be nothing but complimented or even a compliment to this kind of stuff. Like the grassroots this is what like gets people going. Patrick, yeah. do you have a thought? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I would love for you to speak, uh, Dr. Dusko. Dusquin, sorry. Uh, I would love for you to speak a little bit more on Rune and Thor. Um, I've been trying to find a little bit more information about them. Um, and if you could elaborate on that. And if you had any insight on Loom, I would also be curious about that. But if you don't, that's cool. Um, and uh, the other thing I would say of like the Twitter spaces, like I actually hate social media and I just discovered Twitter recently and I fell in love with Twitter. I don't love Twitter company, but the concept of Twitter rather. Um, but uh, so I think it's a great one. Um, and there's so many other communities inside Twitter that have nothing to do with crypto. Um, and those are the people who are, turned off against Bitcoin and Ethereum, that means, because that's the only thing that they actually know. So that means they're not into that stuff. So then they could be interested in a different avenue to take that is a little bit more community oriented and pretty much cosmos, just your vibe in general. Um, so they might get more gravitated to that kind of thing. And with all your help and like, um, like, I don't know, you guys are just willing to share information is awesome uh so like people will get drawn to that i feel like so instead of looking to like convert eth heads or solana or ada like specifically i feel like there's other communities that could potentially come in from like a clean head instead of like being kind of absorbed with one specific uh chain for so long dude i i like that and i definitely agree um I think it's a little bit harder to reach those people on crypto Twitter, at least. And so that it's kind of actually, it goes back exactly to what I'm asking, especially those people who in some ways are like the most important to win over. Cause like people who are already in crypto, they'll settle on cosmos in time. Like I'm not even that worried It the tech will win, but the people outside of crypto, like why let their first experience be with some annoying or expensive tech, right? And so I totally agree with you. Um, it's just the question of like, between the fact that like, you know, I also, was I'm not a fan of Twitter in general. I didn't have a Twitter before this one for like my personal, like just stuff. Um, but for crypto Twitter and Cosmos community in particular, it's different, I'm loving it. But like, there's a lot of people for that type of reason or just for wanting to remain anonymous or making a new account or whatever that, you know, like they only follow and are followed by crypto people. Like nothing I post without a retweet would ever reach a non-crypto person. I don't think there's probably even one following me, right? So 
it just becomes a little bit harder in like the the straight up statistical way of like how the network of people following each other kind of works on Twitter. Not to say it's impossible in any retrospect, but or in any aspect, but it's like a hard. Yeah, that's what I want to figure out is like how to do that, reach those people. Well, for me, like uh, I, the, I'll tell you a little bit, like a side thing about me, and then I have a question for anybody who wants to answer. Uh, so like for me, I'm into dubstep and festivals and all that. So to me, that's a scene that is like very raw on crypto. There's like a few DJs that got into Ether, like all the celebrity type things, but none of the community are really in crypto whatsoever. So to me, that's a great community. And then like what you do for work kind of thing. So like I'm, uh, I work at a branding agency and I do development and design. So I have like people that I work with that are not into crypto either. Um, that haven't gotten into NFTs, but they heard about it. Um, and that's like great avenues to bring in like people who are not in crypto scene. Just like, so my question for you guys is like, what are your other interests other than crypto? Like, and what other social platforms do you might use if you didn't use Twitter? Maybe what do you use Instagram or Facebook or do you not like social media or Reddit maybe? So, yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'll just answer first, but anyone else feel free to pop in like, um i mainly like the last time i posted something on a personal social media other than snapchat was probably like 2014 or 15 or something except on facebook every now and then i'll tell people to buy bitcoin and it'll be my only post for like months at a time and they always age perfectly but like i've only called bottoms because it's the only time i'm that confident to go have it be the only thing on my facebook but um aside from that like i've had i like instagram reddit those things i've had an account on those for my like i'm a video editor outside of crypto and so for my like little business freelance venture i've had an account on all those um and i think like though thinking outside of Twitter is probably the most important or like interesting thing I think you brought up in that. And like part of my answer is like, yeah, like how can we, cause I, I agree bringing together you and Dr. Doscoin's thoughts, which by the way, Doscoin, I have a few Luna delegated to orbital command. I don't even remember why, but it's crazy. You hopped in here. My man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, bringing your two like points together, kind of like Twitter spaces, these really are, one of the best ways to kind of get cosmos pilled or just get info if you're already like sold on the ecosystem right and so part of the effort might be something like posting about these spaces on reddit and like and like twitter and stuff like crypto as a pretty or did i say twitter instagram crypto is a pretty like booming presence on reddit right i'd say like second to or maybe even bigger than on twitter so like putting out the word about these kind of resources in like other avenues there and maybe even doing like posts outside of just crypto reddit like something on uh, r slash technology like hey come find out well probably smaller boards they'd probably ban you for it but like hey come check out how blockchain doesn't have to destroy the environment with mining this wednesday at eight or whatever like i'm just spitballing but um, I think thinking about other platforms is interesting. And then there's also a little backstory about me, but if anyone else wants to touch on Patrick's question, I don't know if Tricky or even around or Doscoin or anyone, feel free to come up. 
<laughs> both both on mute both mute yeah. uh yeah i was gonna say i you know i kind of like i'm kind of like the same way as for other pl- platforms that i uh interact on mostly like reddit and like forum style things just because you know i used to be like way way you know out there public and stuff but like i'm more so like a private person in a way even though i don't mind getting up you know here and kind of being in these kind of public style forums kind of be pseudonymous um but i think one of the things that i was like really been thinking about for the last few minutes is what patrick kind of said like how do we reach the people that like aren't necessarily in crypto and that are great communities but that would be great to bring into the crypto community you know like how can we be like in front of people like in raves but also like become like something that's bringing them value making the rave experience better and just being something that they want to be a part of too you know because that's what it's all about like here like with at least with us here in cosmos is like community you know when we come into these spaces we hang out we're always supporting every chain so you know how can we like branch that out into other communities that aren't necessarily crypto but still like relate to them and bring them in so that's like been like yeah i've just been sitting here thinking about that like what can we do like how do we do that you know like and how do we do that organically too I still think it's baffling that the most like obvious candidate for a community to try and like convert is the one we're having the most resistance with with gamers. Like, I don't get what's going on there. <laughs> I think some gamers, it's just like the idea of like weird, like the loot box stuff. But I think once they realize like what it actually means, they'll actually be on board with it. Because once gamers realize like, oh wait, after I spend all that money, like. I can kind of like resell it or make money off of it or, you know, find a way to like still have value with it or transfer it to another game. Like they, that, that's something gamers will love. So I think it's just a matter Game- of time before things are actually more applicable to them. Gamers and crypto people alike are both always awestruck or just flabbergasted when they find out that Vitalik's motivation for creating Ethereum was basically NFTs because or NFT technology, he one day logged on to World of Warcraft and one of his favorite items stats had changed, or a spell. And he was like, man, I really don't like that. I sure wish things could be permanent and immutable on the internet. I'm going to make Ethereum because they changed my WoW character. <laughs> like, that that's... It's amazing. I guess I don't know if that's true. I've read that enough that like I haven't seen anyone call it out as bullshit. But <laughs> there, there's also the fact I think he was part of forking Steam like before like the whole like I think Justin's son like bought out Steam and then it be like became like really like crappy and they were like this isn't what we want so they forked it and then there was kind of that stuff too. So he's all been always been about kind of like making something more for the people and forking things when you need to (laughs) and just like you know being being like you know like you said ownership and like not having everything owned by a centralized entity yeah yeah the 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 motivation coming from world of warcraft will never cease to amaze me you go first doctor i was just thinking about uh you know the conversation is how can you onboard people uh, that aren't already in the community and it's it's basic sales. It's like it's selling people what they what they want, but providing them with what they need, and under under it, discovering the underlying desires. So you know, it's like some people care about privacy, 
most don't. That's becoming very apparent. Um, but I think eventually a lot of people will care, care about it a lot more than they do at the moment. Um, and so, you know, for the people that value privacy, well, then, of course, you'd, you'd onboard them that way. Um, if it's if people in the real world just want to, like, you know, make money, it's like, cool. Show them the way, like, show them anchor. Show them, show them how, you know, they're sitting, their money sitting in a bank uh, being devalued by the day and depreciate, you know, the, the purchasing power is depreciating and they could be sitting in something like anchor earning you know, 20%. If it's, if it's people that are more like, you know, artistic, it's like, cool, show, show them NFTs, like meet them where they're at and show them the thing that actually suits their values, their desires. Um, and that's probably, that's like the easiest way to like cross that chasm from them being a complete uh, complete noob and having no idea about this space to then having some level of interest in it. Of course, you can take them to the water. You can't make them. You can't make them drink. But if you show them the right thing, they'll want to drink. You know. Um, so that's the that's the way I sort of see that. And then as far as onboarding, you know, for want of a better word, normies goes. It's like I think a lot of this it really is going to be done um, in in back end ways that people don't. They, they, they won't even realize they're using it. Like, you know, I, I was talking to um, Outlet Finance the other day. I've got a call on it with Cardo coming up soon. And so it's like we're going to have all these on-ramps and all these vehicles for people to be using these services without necessarily having to change much about their daily habits and routines. And I think that's going to be over the next sort of, you know, we're in 2022 now. I think the next sort of five years, there's going to be a lot more of that coming out. Um and it's just going to make the onboarding experience much easier. But in the meantime, it's like, well, just meet people where they're at and show them the things that they value. Yeah. I think one, one like onboarding ease type thing that might come in the future that I hope will somewhat make it easier for like newbies is I, I hope that Brave Browser integrates wallets from different chains like they have their own wallet right now but like i want them to integrate kepler built into the box so that you boot up brave wallet you go to these sites things are working like you might have to still import your wallet or create it the first time obviously but just little things like that that'll patrick's loving that one yeah like just little things to make yeah like and that'll come right that'll come eventually there's no reason it shouldn't or wouldn't um yeah, because the, the, they do the opposite right now. You need to download Kepler Wallet, and then you can do you can access a decentralized web uh, browser through that. But Brave took the opposite approach. I feel like a little bit more. They just took the where Google Chrome but privacy, and a lot of people draw to that a lot more. And it's like I don't have to download a Kepler Wallet thinking I have this wallet digitally kind of thing. Like it's in the background kind of thing. So I think that's mm-hmm. a great idea of Brave. I think they I like that concept a lot. Of connection to Kelper. Yeah, if they want to cement themselves as like the crypto browser and not just, I don't know what route they will go. Maybe they'll start going more towards the privacy browser or something. But if they want to be the crypto browser, I think that'll be the the obvious move is like, you know, any network with over 500 million TVL across the whole network or something should probably have its wallet supported or maybe more than that. But yeah. Also, um, uh, so for me, I feel like I'm not a gamer, um, but the gamers that I do know, they don't really care that much about investment, to be honest. Like, they just want to have fun. Um, and to me, like, uh, Cosmos is 
great in every way um but it's the best in like investment and like yield bearing and like just like doing things like kind of not like not necessarily specifically fun but very valuable kind of thing um and to me like sports and sports betting is a little bit of a different avenue like there's a lot of people that are into sports that are like to bet and if you like to bet that means you like to put up a hundred dollars and try to get two hundred dollars which is like osmosis in like a the easiest way to explain it i feel like um but it's like almost a sure thing than that <laughs> so i feel like that would be an easier grab to get like you know the sports betters the horse racing betters kind of thing they might be more drawn into it because they're already in the in the world but in a different world of that one yeah that's a good point. Like I know Barstool Sports and other big entities have just made a huge push over the past like five years to make make the play. And sports good. betting is legal in New York now too. So now more New Yorkers can actually start to bet on sports, which means they're going to start just like pulling out money, maybe making a little money. They have a little extra money to spend. And then Cosmos and all the ecosystem is actually supported in New York, which is amazing. So, or at least because of Coinbase, it's supported. You can get there pretty much um easily um so yeah oh well, yeah well i'm probably gonna wrap this space up soon here we've been going for like three hours but um sort of unrelated to what we've been talking about but something i wanted to touch on tonight that just got got lost earlier um and again before we wrap up you know in this remaining time anyone feel free to request to come up here we can touch on something else. We can answer some questions. Definitely feel free. Um, but I wanted to kind of talk about earlier, we were talking about at the very beginning, Adam's value prop. And when we had a Kez on here, the Dow Dow founder or co-founder talking about, we were all talking about interchain routing as one of its uses and how IBC has different chains connected to each other. Um, and one of Adam's potential future purposes is, you know, being a hub for routing. So we touched on that earlier. If, if you want to hear us talk about that in depth, actually, I would check out the Terra Spaces page that's in here right now. Later on, they, they record all these spaces and they'll upload them. So you can go back and check that discussion out as well as anything we talked about tonight. Um, but another aspect on top of interchain routing, um, that Adam is coming out with soon that I think I think is much more important than people are uh, giving it credit for is shared security. The idea that a, another blockchain could either fully rent the like verification of their transactions and the security of their chain or supplement it with, the cosmos hub adam um and you know get get security from this much larger market cap project that has inherently with it being a proof of stake asset and just the history behind it and the amount staked more security to the transactions and to the chain in general and i don't want to like rehash this whole thread but i made a probably unnecessarily long thread the other day, um, like, like 30 tweets long or something about something going on with Monero right now. Um, and unfortunately, because I just find what's going on there and the kind of 
discussion behind it super interesting. I sort of got lost in the weeds in that thread on the Monero side of stuff when that wasn't super the point of the thread. Like, I don't understand Monero 100% well, uh, 100% perfectly. I wanted to more so use it as a discussion piece for the, the Cosmos. And so what's happening on Monero or what might have happened, like there's debate, like I didn't want to approach it from that angle, but they have a mining pool that got very close to 51% the other day or higher. Um, they mine like Bitcoin, so instead of staking. Uh, and obviously that opens up to a 51% attack in theory. Um, for anyone who maybe hasn't heard of that new to crypto, it's the idea that if one actor whether that be a miner or a validator in the cosmos has 51% of the network hashing power. This is what we'll call it for mining. It's like the computation you're putting in for cosmos stuff would be staking powered governance. But if one actor has 51% of the hashing power, the mining power on Monero, they could, you know, alter the blockchain some way. They could do a double spend transaction. They could alter the ledger. They Whatever they say is the accurate ledger effectively is because they're the majority vote. Really simplifying here. If any devs are in here, you might be scratching or like pulling your hair out at me. So I apologize. Come up here and correct me if so. But the one of the theories and like really just a theory this is why i didn't want it to focus on monero that i heard about what happened it got me thinking about the cosmos and the theory is that so the only person that would really have an interest in attacking monero would be the u.s government or some other government right and they would probably be okay with like a long-term uh, operation they're not rushing to steal money they're trying to comp comp compromise the blockchain however possible. So the theory was that like over time, one entity, maybe the US government, put a ton of hashing power into this one mining pool called MineXMR. This is the one that got close to or breached 51% the other day, I'm not sure. But also put in a good bit of hashing power into other top pools, um, like the, the second biggest, third biggest, fourth biggest, et cetera so that the total amount of hashing power this one person was providing to the network could go above 51 percent it was just spread across different pools so it looked fine on the surface and so this theory that i read goes that and there's like some data to support it sort of a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago at this point like the overall hashing power of the entire monero network started dropping but the mine XMR pool kind of stayed the same and even rose. So the theory was that this actor finally thought that they had enough power. Um, if this was even an attack, again, I'm putting disclaimers everywhere, um, that they could start pulling their hashing power from these other pools and routing it back into the mine XMR pool so that they would have you know, a 51% dominance of, of the network for even a brief moment. And they do it this way so that they could like build up to that that immense amount of control without people really noticing and also that they could kind of do the swap over and oh no, I see my Twitter space lagging. I might drop out here, but it actually let me reconnect. Can someone confirm you can hear me? All right. Cool. Yeah, we got you. Okay, cool. So this theory basically, yeah, is that an actor, you know made it look like he was many actors, what's kind of known as like a, a, a sort of cyber attack or civil attack. Um, 
and then redirected it all into one pool to have majority share, like even if for just a brief moment. Now, like, I don't know if this like theory has credence, but it got me thinking about smaller Cosmos chains and how like right now we could look at a chain and see from the validator set that it's adequately decentralized, right? We could see, you know, like the number one uh, validator doesn't have more than whatever percent, the top 10 combined don't have above whatever percent. But like, how could you be sure, especially for smaller chains, that one actor doesn't just have his funds spread out across multiple delegators um, to the point where under his control is actually enough to like attack or corrupt a network. And this, like as blockchains grow, this becomes less and less feasible because that actor would have to have an enormous share of like the market cap. Um, and that's like a lot of money. So the idea with Adam like interchange for this and many other reasons, I find the idea of renting security from a super well-established high market cap uh, dedicated blockchain like the hub to be super fascinating. And like, I think as hackers who never rest, think of more and more ways to attack like systems more and more layers of security will never be a bad thing. I'm not like insinuating I think this is a problem in the cosmos or anywhere that anyone's doing this, but like the possibility exists and it got me thinking and it drew me back to like interchain security. Um, and I guess I just kind of wanted to go on that ramble. Hopefully that how the Monero thing and Cosmos connects makes sense to everyone. If not, definitely hop up here and I can kind of clarify, but uh, it's just, yeah, that's just a cool example I came across recently of how someone could take a network that is more or less, I, I don't want to use the word perfect, but like Monero is like so far like uncrackable right like the u.s government's put out bounties for it like to our knowledge they haven't cracked it maybe they have i don't know cosmos and tenderman at its core has so far like never really broken like it doesn't have anything like that that doesn't mean there aren't other attack vectors that are like outside of the scope of what software can protect from such as like just outside actors colluding or someone building up a, a large supply of network dominance over time or any number of other issues. This Monero example is not the only, uh, you know, argument for interchain security uh, or shared security. But yeah, thoughts, Patrick? Uh, yeah, well, I I uh, I never got into Monero, but I have a friend that is very much into it. Um, so I understand the whole privacy thing. And to me, like maybe someone wouldn't want to attack it specifically to shut it down or anything like that, but they just want to be able to be aware of everything that's going on inside it. And I assume, I correct me if I'm wrong, but as like a miner, you hold a copy of the ledger. So then technically they do have every, every single um, uh, transaction that's going on pretty much. So in theory, if someone did want to know, like try to find out who's like, where money's going kind of thing, they wouldn't maybe want to attack them, but they would just want to compromise them maybe kind of thing yeah uh, but my question to you is how would how can you explain a little bit i mean i don't know if you have any ideas of how cosmos would kind of go about providing that space like more like maybe not too detailed technically but just in a general how it would sense. provide protection you mean 
to that kind of thing or yeah yeah exactly how can the cosmos kind of jump into that space giving all like since we do have all validators who have all equipment and everything like that i would assume right um i guess i would first say like just just to clarify like i don't know if a 51 percent on attack on monero would allow people to like see the ledger i'm not like maybe, maybe if it works in the way like Tor kind of does, where they would control enough like entry and exit nodes for transactions, but um, it's just not a good thing in general. They could do a double spend transaction. They could do any number of other things that are above my head, you know. But in the cosmos, I guess, and like I hope this is kind of addressing what you're asking. Um, the fault that like was exploited in like a very high level sort of way to look at it with Monero was that it kind of has lost interest and dominance. There's not a ton of like new people coming in to mine it yet. If you like, or use it in general, I mean, that's even up for debate. Like it's, it's a fairly used coin. I don't want to bash on it, but if you look at the hashing chart like of the hash going up it looks like it's the most popular like coin there is just like a straight line which to me like maybe implies and a malicious actor has been like consistently adding to it over time but i don't know that's just anecdotal the the like general point being that there wasn't enough interest from parties everywhere to keep it super secure and decentralized um, that one person is kind of able to take it over and how that kind of translates over to the proof of stake world in the cosmos i would say is like market cap like interest and security and hashing power is gauged sort of by market cap and or some some ratio between that and like amount bonded um, meaning like amount locked up in staking versus liquid so the idea with like interchain routing is just uh you know the equivalent to doing the type of attack they may have done on monero who knows to a small cosmos coin instead of building a passing power you would just like buy enough of that coins or that chain's native coin to sort of have the dominant vote in governance and in black block validation um, and you might be able to do that because it's like a new chain with like a small market cap and you could acquire like a lot of the coins circulating. Maybe there's not that much staked at the moment. A lot of it's liquid. Um, so then something like Adam comes in that has a massive market cap and a lot of it locked up in staking where this chain could say like, okay, we want all of our transactions checked on their chain as well. Because if a bad actor wants to come in and gain uh, a dominant control, dominant proportional control of the Cosmos hub, Adam. That's way more money than they would need to way more like you know investment and resources than they would need to attack my little small chain. Um, because you know, again, going back to kind of the analogy, Adam, massive market cap, massive uh, you know amount bonded in staking versus Monero declining interest, you know, interest versus market cap in the analogy, sort of waning. That's sort of the difference. So like Adam, big in, in the proof of stake side of things, the market cap, and then Adam, cause, uh, 
Monero waning on the the hashing power, like interest in you know the everyday average person mining side of things. Whereas every day, as proven by these spaces, we have new people who are staking atom. Um, again, got kind of long-winded, but hopefully that kind of addressed what you were wondering. I I got one more question off of yeah. Then um, so like. Could potentially maybe a validator who has, because I don't know much about validation, but they're just using, they're still using computational, uh, like they still need equipment and everything, I assume. Yeah. 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 Um, so like, could they technically become validators or help out or provide computational power to another chain kind of thing to then up their hashing power that they can um and it would be like a like validator specifics kind of thing and then that could be run through a DAO, pretty much of who which what the validator is going to uh provide hashing power to and potentially even could bring in a cache in theory because if they provide computational power you can just kind of use a cache to then help out another chain to validate their proof of state proof of work correct me if i'm wrong um I'm not sure I totally like get get what you're asking there. Um, Me neither. <laughs> I I guess like that. It's sort of what I think you just described and asked. Like one one way I might be understanding you is like what interchain security is. Um, so what you described were like this validator. But then the other part of you know validators being cross chain. Like that's already a thing. Obviously, like you know we have tons of validators that are present on multiple chains. Um, and they might be like doing so on the same machine, but it is like different, like they're running a Sentinel node and then also running a Cosmos Hub node or something. Um, it's not like one shared uh, security software, I guess, for that, that chains could share, but Adam's thing kind of might be like like in the, in that realm. Adam's thing being shared security. Yeah. Cool. I like your I like your idea. I think it's cool. Well, I'm probably gonna wrap this up here. Been a nice three and a half hour sesh. Um, more than happy to take some like closing questions though. Anything we've touched on or anything we haven't touched on. Like if you wanna hop up here and ask some basics, you're just trying to figure out Kepler earlier, couldn't figure it out. Here's a great resource for it. Slab Lab, thanks for taking me up on the offer. Uh, yeah, I had a, a quick question. Uh, so with the um, combined security staking uh, initiative, do you think that this is going to lead to a centralization of the validators that are running nodes for the most chains? So obviously, you know, it seems like people would want to stake with validators to get them rewards in as many chains as possible. So do you think that this could lead to like a centralization focused on the validators that run, you know, nodes for the most chains? There's, yeah, there's always potential. Um, for sure. I mean, that problem kind of exists in some form, you know, wherever you look in crypto, even in like proof of work. Um, maybe I'm not getting exactly what you're asking, but like there's there's always the possibility that a validator could, 
you know, slowly cement too much power or even that, you know, kind of tying into my example, a validator could pretend to be two different validators. And let's say they get the number one and number two position, like suddenly that's one person actually. And so like, that's possible. And so it's kind of on us to try to the best of our ability to like do research on validators. I mean, just kind of sound like a broken record at that point, but I guess any conversation about validators comes back to that, like to whatever extent is possible, just pick someone really low on the list that you trust. It's kind of that, that simple in a weird way. Um, I'm in favor of something and like I, I plan to, as part of this project I kind of talked about earlier, spin up a validator node that has a mechanic where the higher up it gets on the staking list, the higher the commission percent is to basically disincentivize too much centralization into it. And I like even, yeah, even with that higher commission, uh, all the income that the validator makes is going to be going back into uh, a community fund for like Cosmos efforts. So like it would actually be up to the free market to the decide like, oh, do we want the most from our money and value decentralization? Or maybe we're okay having a higher percent because it's going to whatever. But I would be in favor of something almost like mandatory like that on a chain, like built into the chain's code that says once you get above the 20th position, we're adding a 1% commission for every every spot you climb. So like the number one validator would, you know, have 25% commission maybe if it started at, at five. And this would open up just a whole opportunity for people to make bots that basically constantly redelegate to like keep things cycling and just make it so like, th there's a centralization issue in question of like, at any given time, someone has to be number one. Right, like you can't, it's not realistic to think everyone will have the same amount of tokens delegated to them. So what if there was just a system baked into the blockchain that incentivized that number one to rotate, like like a, a dynamic commission rate. And then maybe even that extra commission rather than going to the validator goes to a block, like it gets burned or it goes to a blockchain's community fund or something. There's a million ways you could take it, but I kind of got off uh, off your initial question there, but. Hopefully, I'll turn it over to you in a second, Patrick. But did that kind of address what you were like wondering about Slab Labs? Sort of. I know I got off track. Yeah, yeah, that that covered all the bases pretty much. The only thing I would say is, as far as the increased commission, I think that would be under assuming the basis of that validator can you know uh, runs nodes for multiple chains. If he just happened to be number one and he only ran it for one chain, I don't think that would necessarily be fair in that case because you wouldn't get more rewards it just for some reason he's number one but obviously if they're you know uh running nodes for multiple chains then the increased commission makes sense yeah yeah i haven't even thinking of that model in the past i haven't even like factored in like multiple chains um but that is an interesting like extra element to it kind of um actually before i go to you patrick just because uh he's been up here patiently for a minute dave you wanna you wanna pop the mic on what's going on yeah, hey, can you hear me? Yep, loud and clear. Nice. Uh, so, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's my first time, actually, not in the spaces, but speaking at the spaces. And I only had a quick question about when, uh, like, when is the next 
space on the uh what is it yeah on the frequent or like when, when is the next space uh, uh, is this a weekly thing or yeah so or? we'll be having like another of this kind of thing like basics onboarding kind of talk about you know general get you up to speed any basic questions every wednesday uh at 8 p.m est you'll have to obviously convert to you that's in the morning um but then we'll also have uh spaces on friday saturday and sunday uh, a little bit later like an hour after i think 9 p.m est on friday and saturday and then a little earlier sunday and those are all great resources like those might be a little bit more uh focused on something like we might have a guest on for some interview or ama or something but you stick around long enough like there you can also have an opportunity to you know ask a question or anything like that but yeah, uh, like a week that, from now that, that, for this. Oh, you know, I was just saying, but a week from now for this particular like session, yeah, every Wednesday. Okay, because I'm actually like I would like to speak even now, but I'm not like prepared to speak. Uh, there's like lots of things I uh, yep. want to, yeah, address. So that's why I was asking, and I was kind of asking for because I can see this this. Uh, at least there was someone from Handshake community too. I'm I'm building on Handshake, Ooh. and I'm a big fan of uh, IBC Gang, like in general. Uh, I think that's that's the future, like interoperability, and then all the decentralized web. That's what we need right now. And um, I'm I'm working on some projects that are like hand, uh, Handshake based, and the focus is uh, onboarding. Yeah, onboarding people, non-technical people. Because for me, I'm a carpenter turned into um, a coder. I'm self-taught, but I'm uh, studying also. Um, and I, I'm I'm focusing on like on the crossroads, on decentralized crossroads, like at the user end more. Like I'm trying to build solutions that uh, combine many of these technology like these technologies and have the user like the user's gonna have a interface that is easy to understand they don't know what's going on but if they want to know that's a good place to like for resources to uh that's a quick summary uh of something i'm working on and i would like to like have a talk up uh, about it maybe on next uh Next space or something. Yeah, I I'm actually a big fan of Handshake who wants to know a lot more about it. So I would like eagerly invite you to uh, definitely like if you're available on the weekend spaces, pop in. There might be a time to talk about it. But come come back like a week uh, from now on Wednesday, and like it also kind of works with your time zone. I'll probably try and keep the first hour or two dedicated to like any onboarding questions, basic stuff. But like around this time like uh an hour prior to like right now ish in a week like come on and i'd love to give you a good chunk of time to just talk about uh handshake and your project and stuff and how that might relate to the cosmos yeah i love that um you can like shoot me a dm on or like just tweet it or whatever like you can let me know cool 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 yeah i'll give you a follow right now um Awesome. And for you and I, they, they, they got kicked out at some point, but perfectly to address your question and anyone else in the room wondering, 
um, my co-host up here, Cosmos Spaces. Give them a follow. They will keep you up to date on this, the weekend sessions, other spaces that other people are hosting, like not just IBC Gang, Terra people, uh, projects that do AMAs. Like We'll try and keep you updated on all that. Um, Tricky, my other co-host up here, he will be hosting one of the weekend sections. Which which day is yours, Tricky? Tricky might not even this be here right now. No worries. Oh, this is Friday. Yep. So so Tricky here will be taking the taking the space on Friday. So maybe maybe it'll be some time to talk about handshake there. Who knows? Do we have anything lined up on Friday, Tricky? Actually, or or Saturday? Is there anything to tease with, or are we just having a general lounge chat? This Friday would actually be a good Friday if you want to talk about it. Uh, we don't. We were just going to kind of lounge it out, but you know, if you want to come on and talk, that'd be great. Um, and then sneak peek for everybody that's listening next Friday. Uh, we're also going to have Zeke on, Ezek or Ekez, <laughs> um, to talk about Dow Dow and Dow Up. So this Friday is totally open if you want to come on and talk about your your handshake project. Um, I think that that sounds good. Oh. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. Uh, EST time, yeah. So it's 9 p.m. EST. Because I'm in. Uh, let me check it. Right now it's 11:30 p.m. EST. Well, yeah, it's six in the morning here. Oof, might be a little uh early slash late for you, but we can figure something out. No, it's no, no, no. It's all good. I mean, it's all... like I'm up. Up now, I'm I'm like getting ready for the day, or being getting ready for a while. The weekend so sessions also end up running pretty late sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah, not not to put that on you, tricky. Not not to keep them that late, but you might always have an opportunity. Who knows? Maybe but, you run late. But yeah, um, I think that Friday might be actually a good idea to like again present my uh, idea and maybe we can have a discussion around because there's lots of topics like that you have covered even now so yeah i would like like that cool so yeah but i'll i uh will definitely make sure to be at the friday one especially then because i i know little about handshake but i know that it's cool and i know that it's one of the only reasons i have opera installed on my computer just in case i ever want to play with it the browser opera um yeah so that'll be awesome all right just to i guess recap for people not even recap but out of everything i talked about tonight i think my favorite and coolest uh part uh for people that i'd urge people to check out also because it's brand new is white whale on uh, luna it didn't get like a ton of conversation time tonight but um i think it's because it's like actually somewhat simple in what it does it's a place you can deposit a stable coin, UST, and earn at least 20% yield on it. But with the opportunity of that being much higher, and what's going on in the back end is helping to maintain the UST peg and ensure like similar prices across various, various DEXs for all assets on Luna. So it's kind of a really cool way to earn money and help the ecosystem. Not financial advice new project um i think it's audited but just you know do your own research luna's cool check it out if you're a cosmonaut terra station wallet uh can load it up with the same seed praise you use for your kepler wallet 
and it'll be the address that like osmosis deposits to. And yeah, slab lab. White whale is uh, uh, Do Kwan is a, a sponsor of that too. So obviously he's the founder of the Terra blockchain and Terraform Labs. So you know if he's if he's behind the project that's on that chain, obviously I mean yeah. in most people's opinion that makes it legit. Yep, yep. As much as you know, we don't like trusting centralized entities, all that stuff, like there's certain vouchers of confidence that mean a lot. And I'm confident in White Whale, partly because of Do Kwan's vouch for sure. But yeah, um, I'm going to shut down the room here. If nobody requests to come up and speak and say any last words or questions in the next 10, 9. Oh, wait, I have one more thing. Um, just uh, your comment about the commission thing, uh, how it like would keep on going down as you go up. It's a very similar concept to what uh, Cardano does use in a saturation form. It's just more complicated their way. You just kind of simplified it. So I like your approach to <laughs> it a lot. <laughs> Why does that seem to be the nutshell of Cardano? Good idea. That's all it's good for, yeah. <laughs> Even their choice in, in coding language. Like a good idea in theory, way too complicated. No one's using Haskell to make coding smart contracts. <laughs> That, that's hilarious. That's a great way to think of Cardano. It's just good stuff, but way too complicated to its own detriment. <laughs> it's like documentation more than actually execution. So right. yeah, I think it has good documentation though. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it can be as simple as what I was describing maybe or, or something similar, but all right guys, Cosmonauts, IBC gang, y'all are awesome. Um, check out tricky space on Friday and then another on Saturday and Sunday and then join me again on Wednesday or even more preferably refer your newbie friends um, let's get some some new new faces in here this is my first uh, Twitter spaces and I just wanted to say thanks a lot to me and uh, I enjoyed I was only in here for about 10 or 15 minutes but it was a oh. valuable 15 minutes so I just want to say thanks Oh man, that's okay. That's awesome to hear. So thank you for saying that. That is the goal you're trying to do here. And definitely, definitely, if your time zone permits it, swing back next Wednesday. We can go over any basics questions. Probably will, anyways. So dude, I'm on the East Coast as well. Say again. I'm on the East Coast as well, so the time zone works out perfectly. Nice, dude. Glad to have you. We, we just have like new people popping up that are becoming regulars too. Maybe the Slab Lab. Will become one of them. Yeah, I, I hope that's the case. Um, I actually in the not too distant future, I want to start uh, looking into like running a validator and maybe yeah. coding. There's a lot of stuff I want to do, but yeah, I appreciate it. Hell yeah! All right, everyone. Well, everybody have an awesome night or morning or day wherever you are, and uh, we'll see you on Friday or next you week. Too, Thanks, Demi, for the room. It was awesome. Hey, thank, thank you, guys. Great job, Demi. Tricky, thanks for coming, sitting up here with me. Did the whole three-hour stretch, three and a half, almost four. <laughs> and Gain. Gain's Shout out little Gains on the Cosmos Spaces account right now just to keep that exposure alive. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part two of the two-part space Cosmonaut Boot Camp. IBC Gang, Cosmos, and IBC Basics, recorded on Wednesday, February 16th, 2022.
This episode of the Ether was brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by WeFund. WeFund is a community crowdfunding cross-chain incubator on Terra, and it's the first launchpad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors. All money raised for projects is deposited in Anchor Protocol, and it's refundable, and all decisions are based on community voting power. WeFund is community-focused and designed to be a user-friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes, and check them out online at WeFund.app. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. I'm running out the gate, rapping, step up to the plate. Represent the base when I'm rapping out my fate. Used to play ball, now I'm sitting on the bench like a mitt. Like to play dumb, so you can't tell me shit. Never gonna get me like a raise in your 50s. And if we go drifting, you better whip it swiftly. I'm on empty, feeling peppy enough to do a fucking barrel roll. Running out of air like this planet isn't terraformed. Looking terrible like you need a breath. Getting cancer from these wearables, feeling kind of blessed. Tracking everywhere we go, where our slow. Here we are, so I guess we put the terror in the art show. I'm not a leader, but I'll lead a few misleader. While the creature comfort certified up in this teacher. Feeling like a tenure isn't even needed. Taking all that hunger, trying to feed it. Learning how to love life before we get defeated. <laughs> Velocity divided by the past Can't fight the facts Rhyming fast Lighting around in fact A little backhand Should straighten up these little rats You better pay attention To the dude that's spitting facts Everybody likes to rap About how they got no attachments Straight abandoned in the back Of some shitty shack Learn how to eat from watching dogs Fight over trash If you think I'm crass Brash being a little ass I'm feeling a little bashful About bringing the illest back It's like the virus Brought the violence From the lowest to the highest And we all got super quiet Like the Mayans And I don't even know Where the fuck we go from here, a bunch of long hairs, growing beards, not showing fear. One step forward, taking two steps back, and pray to your mother we don't hit a crack. Spaces. <laughs>